musical makes me feel like I'm a part of something bigger. My favorite business show. Hands down, the best B2B sales and marketing podcast. The ultimate resource for salespeople. George makes me want to conquer local. An authentic entertainer. Conquer Local with Vendasta. Here's George Leaf. This is the Conquer Local podcast, a show about billion-dollar sales leaders, marketers leading local economic growth, and entrepreneurs that have created their dream organizations. They want to share their secrets, giving you the distilled version of their extraordinary feats. Our hope is, with the tangible takeaways from each episode, you can rewire, rework, and reimagine your business. I'm George Leith, your host, and on this episode, we welcome self-proclaimed HR tech super nerd, Lauren B. Jones. She's the founder of Leap Consulting Solutions and has been a leader, influencer, and innovator in the staffing industry for 23 years. Lauren has been recognized amongst the top 15 staffing experts of 2021 and was featured on a power list of the top 200 thought influencers to watch in 2021. And with all that's going on in the world around human resources and people operations and finding the right staff and the great resignation, we thought it would be great for our conquerors to hear from an expert in the space. So get ready. Lauren B. Jones is coming up next on this week's episode of the Conquer Local Podcast. Well, I'm super excited to have Lauren B. Jones on the show this week. We talked in the intro about, you know, some of the accolades and Lauren, thanks for joining us. Um, I know, I definitely know it's warmer where you are in California than where we are here in our studios in the middle of Canada. So thanks for joining and early. Thank you, by the way, early it for joining is, us. It is, but I live on a farm, so the early bird gets the worm here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we are up with the roosters here. Well, Lauren... You know, we talked uh, in the intro about your background, but let's talk about Leap Consulting Solutions because one of the reasons why I'm super excited, you love tech stacks. So we're mm-hmm. going to we're gonna understand that a little bit more. I love tech stacks too. Um, and then we also have your background in HR and people operations and, and want to talk about this really interesting scenario that we have around being able to find talent, uh, which is impacting businesses all over the world, I'm finding when I talk to our global partner base. But if you could give us a bit of an overview of the company that you founded, Leap Consulting Solutions, I think that'd be a great place for us to start today. Absolutely. Well, I've been in staffing and recruiting for 24 years and uh, my career took a pivot about a decade ago in um, building technology around the businesses that were supporting people and finding ways to do it organically and still, you know, maintain this human experience and, and honor the, the, the candidate. And so Leap Consulting um, focuses on three areas. First, it's, you know, expeditious acquisition of technology, meaning, you know, we're just no longer in a time and space where we can move at a snail's pace, which is traditionally the way that staffing and recruiting moves. And so it's, you know, let's determine what it is that you need, how it is that you want to apply it, what it's going to do to enhance the experience for the candidate and the customer, and then and then let's go and get it. Uh, and then the, the second is the business process change management, which is probably where I spend the majority of my time and my my firm's hours with my 
team. And that's really, we, we are like hired antagonists, um, meaning we're just challenged that this is challenging the ideal. This is the way that we've always done it. And, um, you know, you, you hear this broken mentality of, well, this is the way candidates is, have always come in. Candidate behavior is changing and, and we have to change with it. And so we spend a ton of time challenging businesses to think differently, think like a consumer, think the way uh, that candidates are thinking and reshape the way that their, um, you know, their workflows are, are, are moving and, and the way that we respond and how we respond and what we respond with, whether it's technology or a person. And then finally, it's the evangelization. You know, the habit in our industry has been, I put out one press release and everybody knows I'm better, faster, stronger, and it just doesn't work like that anymore. We don't consume information like that any longer. And so it is putting together tangible talking points for the entire team of how this new tech, you know, these new technology investments make you um, differentiate you in the marketplace. And, and so we focus on those three areas. You know, in a, in a previous episode, uh, 436 of the Conquer Local podcast, we had a, a great guest, a guy I've known for a long time, James Chupatelli from Australia. And he ran <laughs> Census for a number of years as the CEO. And he talked about installing the right tech stack actually could increase the valuation of your organization. And, Absolutely. You know, I've had the privilege of working with a lot of media companies over the last 10 years through our revenue motions. And that it, it's funny because they're always a little, I'm working with one right now, they're a little embarrassed to show the tech stack because it's this thing that resembles Frankenstein. Um, and, <laughs> and it's really hard to pull it out of them because they don't want to show their warts. But the interesting thing is I find that everywhere where there's these you know, Frankenstein uh, tech stacks that have been put together and and really the businesses that are laser focused on building the right technology stack have a competitive advantage. Are you finding that as well? Oh, I mean, 100%. We call it Band-Aid buying, right? Where um, we're not really, and that's why the, the whole start of our focus is, you know, let's buy based on what it is that you need, but also let's take into consideration what you already have. There is no transformation without integration. I've said it for the last, you know, seven years. And if we are not thinking about how we create one holistic ecosystem, then we are doing ourselves a disservice. And you're 100% right in that it can improve a company's valuation if you have a well thought out um, a, a tech stack offering or ecosystem. And um, those companies that are simply just buying technology because something hurts as opposed to thinking, how can we incorporate this into our ecosystem? How can we, um, why do we want to do it? And then again, what is the experience going to be for the candidate and for the customer? And then work backwards from there. Um, those are the businesses that are really making a difference and implementing technology in a meaningful way. And not only implementing it, but it's getting adopted long-term. And that's the missing link here that um, we don't talk about a lot is that there's a lot of buying, but not a lot of adopting. And, and that's, 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 a sim that's symptomatic of that Band-Aid buying Frankenstein uh, approach. You know, I, I've been through this a number of times. We had an awesome CFO at our company. That's not just me saying nice stuff to him because then he'll approve an expense he claim. Because he manages the money, in. right? <laughs> but you know what I love about what Richard's cadence is, is annually we have to justify every software expense that we have. And we're a software company, but he goes through it with a fine tooth comb. And one of the things that we look at is adoption. 
And I was looking at one of our solutions that actually I was on the on the champion side of last year. And I'm sitting here a year in and we do the annual business review with the provider. And I'm like, you've got to give me the ammunition to get the renewal. Because what I'm concerned about is, did we solve the problem that we were setting out to solve by bringing the solution in? And I'm going to have to report on adoption across the user base. So I think that some organizations are starting to move in this direction. We have this at my house. And my wife will come to me, give me the credit card statement and say, what the hell is all this stuff on here? And I'm like, oh, we might need that software someday. Like that justification of those various licenses. The reason why I want to talk about this is we're talking about, you know, most precious resource of companies, which are their people. And I keep reading this thing on LinkedIn. People don't leave bad companies. They leave bad managers. But I also think people leave bad technology stacks. Is that what you're finding too? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I... I think, look, we have consumerism entering the workplace, meaning it's, e- it's since COVID, right? It's been easy for me to get my groceries delivered. It's been easy for me to buy anything that I need on Amazon. It's been easy for me to get Grubhub or, you know, <laughs> or any one of the Postmates, any one of the food um, delivery chains. It's been so easy easy. And if I have an experience issue, like I need to return something, I mean, my goodness, Amazon makes it so easy. I just drop it off at a Kohl's and without a box or anything like that. It's it's such an easy experience. So now that consumerism is entering in our workplace and we are going to find that candidates want a business that makes it easy for them to be successful. So that means that technology that they're not having to constantly swivel chair. I go from this app to this app to this app. Again, integration. They they want to um, ensure that they're educated on the technology that they're using. That is easy to use. Um, we call it kind of five to thrive, right? We need five days they're functional in the technology. And your training needs to be such that they can be functional in five days. And in five weeks, they can be independent. And in five months, they could teach somebody else. That's what we call five uh, to thrive when we when we look at adoption. And your training needs to be structured in such a way that people can consume it. And you're 100% right. This isn't the the great resignation. It's the great migration of people reprioritizing where where and how they want to work. Uh, and technology is a part of that. Well, and we can work anywhere. You know, that's the one, you know, there's not a lot of good that came out of COVID. But one of the right. things was, is that, you know, forcing function for businesses to conduct online, and you just touched on it, it's easy. So when I w- work with a business, it's got to be easy. But then on the other side is, um, I- I'd love to understand your take on this. I believe that we're going to have a massive challenge in the next 36 months of filling open positions. I was on a call earlier this morning with a colleague. He has 70 open positions and he doesn't know how he's going to fill those positions. And, and, you know, part of it is he's retooling the offer to the potential employee because they're a 125 year old company and the way that they position themselves in the past isn't going to appeal to the new worker and the new normal. Right. Are you finding this everywhere? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Trust has been lost. You know, um, when, when COVID happened and mass layoffs came, it was made exceedingly evident that people were on their own and big corporations were out for big corporations. And so we have a comeuppance, you know, we have, we have those corporations have to pay fairly. Um, we haven't seen the needle move on uh, wages in, um, 
in, in a really, really long time. And so you have to rethink and get creative what is going to attract the right candidate. And it is not going to be your traditional job posting that you've used for 125 years. Uh, that no longer works. Um, and uh, traditional employment relationships, like you need to be on site from eight to five, Monday through Friday, it's not going to work. Uh, people are going where they are paid well, they are valued, and um, they have the flexibility that they need to have the life that they want. Because we were talking about this on <clears throat> yesterday with, um, as we were recording a pre-podcast session. And, you know, my, my dad worked for the same company for 30 some odd years. And, and then, you know, he got to retire early to go and travel. And we're totally rethinking that, like this, this, this notion that we have to work, 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 work at work, so we don't have to work. I think COVID has taught us we can kind of have both. And so, if there was something good to come from it, it's that you know, when my dad says, "When are you going to retire?" I'm like, "Retire from what?" Like, I, I, you know, I get to work when I want, where I want, how I want, and and it's it's just a different ballgame. And companies have to think differently. Um, this is going to be an outcome-driven um, you know, workplace where people can pick which outcomes they can help companies achieve and get plugged into that and then move on from assignment to assignment to assignment. Um, this fractionalized way of working is here to stay. You know, I... Um, I took a shot one time. I'm working with a customer of ours and the CEO, he's a new CEO. He's in there to transform the business. He meets with me. He said, you just spent a week with my teams in various markets. I won't say where it was because that'll give away. Um, and he said, what, what do you think I should do if you're sitting in my chair? And I said, you should retire your head of HR. Um, very great individual, but they were hiring for the business that you were and not the business that you're trying yeah. to become. And yeah. this role of the head of human resources or people operations is so important in transformation. What advice do you have for the people that are in that role that you work with on a daily basis? Like if there were just a couple of things and you sit down with the head of HR, how do you keep your job in this new environment that we're in? What, what advice would you give them? Listen to the people. They're telling you what they want. Uh, we're just not listening. Uh, and that's, you know, I, it's very funny. You know, I carried a bag for years, you know, I sold and we, we used to call human resources, human roadblock, right? Because they were just that. <laughs> and to all the human resources people, I love and adore you. But, you know, it was that impediment for, for me getting to the ordering source. And, and, and they have been a bit of a roadblock because we're just not, not all of them, but some of them are just not listening to the people. You need to put surveys out there, listen to the people, listen to what they want, um, uh, look at employment trends and how they're changing. And then human resources job is really to educate the employer, come back and say, this is not working. What we're doing is not working. We have to do something different. Um, I want human resources professionals to act in much more of a consultative, uh, a consultative um, type of role. Uh, and I, I think that you're seeing a lot of that shift and, and, and you're seeing them push back to the organization. And, and that's what I want to see more of, um, because we have to listen, listen to, uh, we have to listen to the field. We have to listen to our workers. You know, in preparation for this episode, I've been talking to a few leaders that lead large teams. And I said, how are you handling this gap in talent, people getting poached because they can work from the beach if they want. If that, you know, want a little beach hut in Belize, you could do that. Um, and, and what I heard from a couple of them was they went to the roles that would really be painful 
to replace. And they gave him a bump without any ask. It wasn't part of the regular merit uh, cadence. They just went in and said, we're going to be proactive. We see a Uh tsunami coming and we're going to protect against this. Is this a common practice or is it something that's just starting to gain steam in your opinion? Oh my goodness. Well, I think you're talking about more the exception than the reality in many cases. Um, you know, and I, I think that proactive approach is is that's going to help build trust, right? People that that means companies are listening. Um, and and like I said, with larger corporations, trust has been lost. So how do you regain that? You regain that by listening to the people, taking action, um, and 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 doing that in an ongoing fashion. Uh, it can't just be a one and done type of thing. Just throwing money at the problem. And that is typically what we've done. We just throw money at the problem. We wait for somebody to give their notice. Then we throw money at them with a counter offer. And then we, they sit there dissatisfied, you know, for, and stew on it for, you know, and then they end up leaving anyway. The percentage of people that accept counter offers and end up leaving anyway is astronomical. And so why are we waiting for that? First of all, why are we doing annual reviews? I mean, therein lies a huge archaic practice. We need to be talking to our people continuously. You get in an Uber, you give immediate fit feedback. You get your Instacart dropped off, you give immediate feedback. We need this constant flow of communication with um, our people so that there is transparency. And when there is a hiccup um, or when there is just the the smell of dissatisfaction that we can address it, that we can sniff it out and we can have a conversation about it and, and address it. Nothing drives a top performer more nuts than I have to go out and get an offer to get right. a raise. Like, it's ridiculous. And it's such a waste of time. And the cycles that it burns inside an organization, like let's be proactive with this. Yeah. And so I, you know, I, I'm in the sales business. So commission-based sales, you can be a little bit proactive, right? There's a way to kind of stay on top of it. I, I've got another tactic that I've used for years and I want to get your feedback on it. Because when I when I first started, I stole it, by the way, all great ideas. What's that <laughs> all Picasso great ideas line? Are stolen. Yes. Um, but the idea was we give a job description to the candidate when we're trying to hire them and then we never go back to it. <laughs> like, but yet it should be an evolution of the relationship with the associate. So as the role changes, then that should be articulated in that document and be the thing that we're measuring against and make sure that it's changing because I've never, you know, you get hired under some terms and then it always changes, like it evolves over time. But what do you think of that tactic? I think it's the the definition of the sentence at the end of the jo- job description, other duties, you know, as necessary, you know, and, and that, and, and therein lies what dictates your job description for the rest of your, you know, your employment at, at that, at that customer. And so I, I do think, you know, I talk all the time and you've recently seen um, some of my sound bites, you know, out there, you know, the resume was, was invented in 1482, right? And, and we haven't seen, we haven't seen a lot change with it. And we have to change. And that also means our job descriptions have to change. You know, we're we're seeing digital job descriptions out there now. I'm just a super fan of TikTok resumes and video job descriptions. And that's that outcome-driven sort of uh, change in the way work works that I'm talking about is instead of a job description, let's talk about a desired outcome. Let's talk about what we want to achieve here. And if the person with a desired skill set thinks that they can achieve that, that is a better marrying as opposed to this random list of 
skills that we think might apply to this job. Uh, and who knows if I, I'm going to use that skill. I might use another skill that I have. I, I just think that they're arbitrary at best. And we need to be having more conversations and less work put into algorithms around it. Lauren, uh, thanks for sharing and 100% agree with you. We definitely need a, a new job description. I don't know if it's 2.0 or 2000.0 or whatever <laughs> it is, but we got to improve that process. Uh, you mentioned podcast. You, you Own the Experience is the name of your podcast you're a co-host on, but you actually started as a guest first. So how did you land that? And tell us a little <laughs> bit about your podcast, because as you know, we love podcasts here at Conquer Local. Oh my goodness. So yes, the You Own the Experience um, podcast, my co-host Rob Mann. Um, I started out with a regular segment called Ask Lauren, um, where we answered all of the, the burning technology questions out there. And um, <laughs> I was always ribbing Rob about diversity on the pop podcast. And so, you know, he's he's so fantastic. He's such an ally for women. And uh, and he, he asked if I, we had this really good sort of banter and rapport. And so it was just a really natural next step was to um, have have me on as a, as a co-host. It seemed, you know, and, and we've just not looked back. And so we have a really good time together. Um, and, uh, we talk all things staffing and recruiting and technology and, you know, some of these hot topics, the way work works, um, all of it so that we can inform and educate because I think that's part of the problem is, is that, you know, inform this all seems so overwhelming. If you have 73 job openings and you're one individual tasked with getting that done, that can seem like you're swimming in the middle of the ocean. So uh, providing content that can help educate and inform on things that we can do differently, I think that's, that's paramount to how we navigate through this people business together. You know, we uh, just went through, a, we've been adding a lot of folks as our organization grows and, and I uh, was leading an initiative called The Next 100. So we got to about 100 sales reps, we're going to add The Next 100. And uh, interestingly, after a year and a half, we've added 71. Um, nice. and, but we treated it as a pipeline because we're a sales organization. We had the pipeline. We kind of changed up a bit of the offering. We did, we did a few things. We were able to, to hit a number of underlying goals as a part of that hundred. I just want to bring in a hundred. We want to bring in the right 100. We wanted to take a good, hard look at diversity. Uh, you know, tech sales is, is very male, um, for some stupid reason that, you know, we're trying to fix. Um, so, you know, I'm happy to report that we were able to accomplish a number of the underlying goals, but we still didn't hit the, the number. And uh, that kind of bothers me because I like hitting numbers. Um, but, you know, your feedback today has been, uh, has been great in giving us some ideas and some concepts as to how we might reboot this thing when it comes to attracting the right talent, how we understand that the tech stack is vitally important because I, I believe that people are leaving bad tech stacks. Like they got to work with this stuff every day. And if it's pain in the ass and they get an offer from an organization that has the tech stack dialed in, where are they going to go? They're going to go where that, where it's a better experience for them. So thanks for validating that. And when it comes to Leap Consulting Solutions, if some of our listeners are interested in reaching out to you to see if they could uh, get some of your services, how, are they, how could they go about doing that? Oh my goodness. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm the goat. 
on on uh, LinkedIn. And um, you can email me, Lauren, at leapconsultingsolutions.com. You can go to my website. There's chat there for you as well at www.leapconsultingsolutions.com. I am easy to find and I'm all over LinkedIn. So, you know, reach out and we are happy to support you. Well, good for you. I'm a big fan of LinkedIn as well. They've actually been a sponsor of our show. So it's like, is that all that LinkedIn stuff sponsored? No, it's just where you need to be if you want to make money. Lauren, thanks for joining us early this morning. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll put all of the links to all the ways that people can connect with you in the show notes. And we really appreciate having you as one of our uh, conquerors here on the Conquer Local podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Loved, loved, loved the takeaways from this episode with Lauren. You need to hire for the company you're trying to be not for the company you were or the company that you are. Organizations must listen to the people, listening to the needs of prospects throughout the hiring process and considering the new flexibility that is just an expectation in the workplace will make hiring more effective for your organization. And if we take it a step further, implementing those learnings and trends into your existing workforce, it gives you the opportunity to be proactive in addressing the needs of your people. You know, you may end up being a victim to what we're calling the great resignation or in Lauren's words, the great migration. If we're not taking into account this new normal when it comes to hiring and your people operations and those cultures that we're trying to build and grow. The great migration means that the way you positioned yourself in the past needs to change. If you're having trouble with this new normal, if you were left with multiple job openings, consider this. Are we hiring for the now? Have you done the research surrounding wants and needs of the people? And what are you doing about this information? Lastly, don't look for what Lauren calls band-aid fixes in your tech stack. Hire tech solutions that will serve the desired outcomes of who your business is becoming and then implement them with purpose. If you liked Lauren B. Jones' episode discussing recruiting and business technology, let's continue the conversation. Check out episode 436 about your tech stack that increases the valuation six to seven times with my friend James Cufatelli. Or episode 333, onboarding a remote workforce with Tricia Score from Microsoft. Please subscribe and leave us a review. And thanks for joining us this week on the Conquer Local podcast. My name is George Leith. I'll see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local podcast presented by Vendasta. Guest Discovery by Jacob Soley. Marketing by Rory Lawford and Nicole Lozon. Produced by Brett Clarenbach. Executive Producers Brendan King, George Leith, and Colleen McGrath. Recorded at Sound Lounge by T-Bone.